If you'll take your Bibles to Galatians chapter number 4, verse number 1, the Bible says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons." And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Heavenly Father, please be with us now as we study this passage of Scripture. Allow me boldness as I preach. Lord, also lead me that I would not say anything that is not directly led by your Holy Spirit. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, I don't know if you've gotten your gift shopping done for the Christmas holidays. Uh, I was actually one of the guilty party who had to raise their hand this morning as preacher asked, raise your hand if you have not done any Christmas shopping. And there I am next to my wife who's done basically all of it. So... And really the bad thing is I only have to buy for one person, and that's her. So, uh, somewhat of an indictment on me. So I figured I'd help you out a little bit tonight. And uh, I looked up Forbes list. Uh, Obviously Forbes is the place to go for information like this. Forbes list of the gifts you can give that keep on giving throughout the year. So we'll go through these rather quickly, but in case you were like me and have not done your Christmas shopping, maybe you would like to pay attention during this list. Number one, for the pop culture encyclopedia, the Sling TV streaming service at $240 per year. Sling TV basically has a package of television shows and stations all brought into one, Uh, uh, Many media players can play them. This video streaming service is great for the person who can recite the plot of every movie or is up to date on all the new shows out this season. It would seem like that's the person who needs it the least. But I'm just saying. um, Secondly, for the athlete in training, you can get them a Daily Burn membership at $119.95. And I'm sorry if you're offended by the workout picture that I put on the screens. You should have seen the other 999 that I had to weed through. (laughs) Daily Burn is led by elite trainers like Bob Harper of The Biggest Loser. It offers a variety of classes from dance aerobics to kettlebells and yoga to challenge all skill levels from beginner to athlete. If you get me that, you will no longer be my friend. (laughs) Number three, for the cleaning obsessed A Dyson V6 cordless absolute vacuum cleaner at the small price of $479. This easy to push machine, don't you know how I'm doing it like the price is right guy? I'm doing my very best. This easy to push machine has two cleaner heads, not bristles like ordinary vacuum cleaners, to better uh, capture debris and uh, HIPAA filters, I hope that's the right way to say that, 
that removes 99.97% of particles as small as 0.3 microns, whatever that means. It runs 20 minutes on a single charge and easily converts to a handheld vac with a variety of attachments to quickly clean furniture, stairs, and curtains. I was under the impression that getting your wife a vacuum cleaner for Christmas was a bad idea, but apparently Forbes disagrees. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Number four for the pet parent, the Whistle GPS Pet Tracker. $79.95 plus a GPS tracking service plan starting at just $6.95 monthly. Whistle brings a much-needed update to pet safety by using this GPS tracking technology to locate your pet in real time, whether in the backyard or out of its pen. If I put that on my dog and I lost the dog, I would be more sad that I lost the collar that cost me $80 than I would that I lost the dog. For the green thumb... An Arrow Garden Sprout from $89.95. As you can see, it's just a very small garden box. I'm sure there's farmers in the room that are laughing right now. The no-soil planter supports up to three plants, three whole plants at a time with a maximum 10-inch growing height. Its control panel allows users to customize conditions for use, growing uh, using optimal lighting and watering reminders. So if you're terrible at remembering when to water and give your plant light, this is the system for you. So it seems you don't need a green thumb at all to operate this system. For the beauty queen, girls, if I pronounce this wrong, don't judge me. The Chi Touch 2 hair dryer, whoever said that, I really appreciate you bailing me out, Miss Amanda Lackey. For $189.95, this piece of technology will keep the heat off of your friend or relative's wallet. Don't know how that is true at all at $190. With the latest Qi hair dryer, a tech-enhanced product that utilizes a touch screen to customize temperature setting, ion output, and speed to, uh, to, the best, uh, to best work with any hair type. Apparently, you can control the ion level, which controls the frizz level. It even has a kickstand, so you don't have to hold it. <laughs> I wish I were joking. Number seven, this is for the guys in the room. For the family fisher, the eye bobber. Some of you are thinking, y'all are laughing because everybody else is, but some of you guys are like, that's not half bad. <laughs> For $99.99, this little device uses Bluetooth smart sonar technology to help find the next biggest catch. It's essentially a fish finder that you attach to your line and throw into the water. Number eight, for the Globe Trotter, the Blue Smart Carry On Suitcase for the Simple price of $399, the technologically advanced suitcase comes equipped with Bluetooth, 3G, and GPS capabilities. I'm sure that won't ever blow up on a plane. 
So the giftee can use its corresponding iOS and Android app to track the bag and be alerted if it ever gets lost in transit. The carry-on also allows a U, uh, or contains a USB rechargeable battery with two USB ports and enough power to charge a phone up to six times. Finally, and this was the number one rated thing to get your uh, uh, family members at the holiday, the gift that keeps on giving. And my favorite thing about it is it's the cheapest gift that's been on the list so far. For the frostbitten techie, nano tips. For $12.99, you can buy this solution that goes on the end of your gloves and turns any gloves into a phone screen compatible glove. So, Amy, that's what you're getting. It's number one on Forbes. It has to be right. Everything on the internet's true. You know, I got to thinking as I kind of remembered all of the things that I've gotten over the years for people. I've gone to Walmart. I've gone to some of the nicest places like 7-Eleven and Dollar Tree. And uh, I, I got to thinking of some of the gifts that I've gotten over the years. And I could not remember one that stuck out to me as being an exceptional gift. And then I kind of tried to remind myself of some of the gifts that I've gotten, and I've certainly gotten a lot of really nice gifts over the years, gifts that I even asked for, and really, I I thought of gifts, I I tried thinking of gifts that I utilize on a week-to-week basis or a day-to-day basis, and, and honestly, I couldn't come up with any. I have some suits, maybe, that were given to me that I wear occasionally, but even those will one day have to be passed down or thrown away due to wear. You know, our our ability to give gifts is rather limited. I got to thinking about that phrase, the gift that keeps on giving, and I realized I've never been able to figure out one that does. But there is one. It's found here in Galatians chapter 4. When the Bible says that God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem us. The gift that keeps on giving. I want to talk to you tonight quickly about the gift that keeps on giving and how it keeps on giving. Number one, I want to talk about, first of all, the person of this gift. Verse number four, the Bible says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth, what's the next two words, if you will? His Son. I want you to notice, first of all, the person and who He was. Lest we ever forget the tremendous sacrifice that God had to give by sending His only begotten Son. It's His Son. Parents, could you imagine even leaving your children to live and grow up with someone that you don't know? Just even someone that you may know, and and even someone you know well. Could you see yourself trusting them to raise your children the way that you would want them to be raised? I I couldn't even imagine trusting any of you crazy people with my kids. But that's the guy that keeps on saying he wants me to have another girl. He ain't right with God. Don't listen to him. Look, it is an amazing thing that God sent Christ in the first place. I'll be honest with you, I would never send my children for you. They're my kids. And I only get so many, hopefully they'll stop coming eventually. 
But the Bible says it was God's only begotten Son. And God still sent Him. And God didn't just send Him with the hopes that the world would treat Him well. God knew very well how the world would treat Him. It would reject Him and revile Him. Let's not forget when we talk about the person of the gift, exactly who He was. Secondly, let's talk about how He came. The Bible says in verse number 5, uh, verse number 4, God sent forth His Son made of a woman. The Bible told us back in the very first prophecy of the Bible, the very first time God ever forecasted anything, it was from His own mouth, and He said, I will send the seed of the woman to bruise the head of the serpent. He was predicting all the way back in the Garden of Eden that His Son would have to come not by the seed of a man, but by the seed of a woman. A a, a miraculous birth Jesus Christ had. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 7 that a virgin would conceive. Matthew and Dr. Luke go into extreme depths to protect the integrity of the virgin birth. You see, right here in our passage, even Paul himself refers to the fact Jesus did not come like every other man, but He came as the seed of a woman. Christ came a very miraculous way. Not only who came, how He came, but thirdly, when He came. The Bible says here in verse number 4, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Now let there never be a doubt as to what lineage Jesus Christ was from. Jesus Christ was as Jewish of a man as there has ever been. His mother was Jewish, and even as the kids quoted the the stories tonight, or the Bible verses tonight, even Joseph was a son of David. There was no way, indisputable evidence, that anybody could claim that Christ was anything but a Jewish man. Even when he met the woman at the well, she says, how can it be that you, a Jewish man, would speak to me? Christ was Jewish. And being born into Israel At that time especially, religion had taken on a form that God never had intended for it to take on. The religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, were far more concerned about their obligation to the law than their obligation to the spirit of the law. Christ was born at a time when people were trying to do to get to heaven, and that was never what God intended. Christ was born under the law. But lest we forget, Christ did not come to abolish the law or to abandon the law or to find exceptions with the law. Christ said, I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. Christ was not at discord with the law of God. He was in perfect harmony and fulfillment with the law of God. You see, what the law was, it was the ABCs of God. As He gave to Israel His simple outline to understand what eventually would come. Every kid, as they go through grade school, they learn their ABCs, do they not? My daughter is in pre-K-3 and she can sing her ABC song she gets to L M N O P, and I'm not sure she knows that's separate letters. You know, it's kind of just runs in a little movie. So I think she thinks that's one, but 
she's learning, she's, she's getting more. I wonder why they did not introduce a subjugation to her the first day at school. I wonder why they did not put on the board a sentence diagram and ask her to place the noun and the verb and the uh, declarative state... Well, no, that's not it. Interrogative... No, what is it? Indirect object. I would get there eventually. Don't judge me. That was hard. Okay? That was hard. You know, I wonder why they didn't do that. Because everybody knows you have to learn the ABCs before you can move on to advanced English. What, what the law was, it was the structure. It was the foundation for which Christ would come and God would introduce the Alpha and the Omega and everything in between. You see, as these people tried to understand basic concepts like responsibility and obligation to God and their sinfulness before God, Christ would come in perfect harmony with the law. Christ did not come to abandon the law. He came to approve the law and do more than we could ever do with the law. The person of the gift. Secondly, I want you to notice the product of the gift in verse number 1. Chapter number 4, the Bible says this, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Anytime you read the book of Galatians, you have to understand that the overwhelming context of which it is written is to a group of Christians who have now gone back to fulfilling their obligation to the law daily. See, Paul came and preached unto them Jesus and liberty and grace and freedom from the law. And now these Jews or Judaism has come back in and they've said, okay, that's fine. You believe in grace. You believe in liberty. You believe in freedom. But if you keep the law, that will only enhance your ability to follow God. And, and Paul was struggling with that concept, and these people were struggling with that concept. Paul even says, it's like I'm having to rebirth you again. I, I'm, I'm in pain because you've fallen back to this concept of obligation to the law. And what our relationship with God does, and what Christ has done for us as a gift to us, it gave us privilege that we never had before. See, verse number 1 says that the heir, as long as he is child, differeth nothing from the servant. Now that sentence really doesn't make sense unless you understand what the Bible means by child. The word here, child, means an infant or toddler child. And so what, what would happen in a Roman home and, 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 and even in Jewish homes if they had them, they would have many servants and, and as they had servants, they would put certain servants over certain things in their home. In other words, one servant would be over the daily business. One servant would be over the finances. Another servant may be over the children. And even if a child was the oldest son who had all the rights of, uh, of inheritance, the Bible here is saying at the time of his infancy and, and, and toddler years, he was subject to the servant that he was under. You, you understand? So it was somewhat a babysitter concept. And the servant, 
even though he did not have the same rights and privileges as the child, what would happen was the servant was the authority because the servant had been given delegated authority from the master of the home. Everybody with me? And so, in the same way, Paul is comparing that to the fact that when we were under the law, we were subject to it. Now, this was not a permanent thing, but when the law uh, was restrictive in nature, God one day would relieve us from that and give us freedom. Well, how did He give us these privileges? Well, uh, secondly, it gave us power. You see, as this young man, this toddler, if you will, grew up, and he was raised under the tutelage and oversight of this uh, servant with delegated authority from the parent, this young child continued to grow and continued to grow. And one day, the father, and there was no certain age, the father would judge on a case-to-case basis, He would look at his son and say, you are no more a child, but you are a man. And they would have this great big ceremony. And I I hope I'm saying this right. This is the way that Dr. J. Vernon McGee says it. So if he says it wrong, then you don't blame me for saying it. But they would have a a celebration called a toga virilius. Sound right to y'all? Works for me. We'll just go with it. Either way, this, the celebration was, was the graduation of this young man from a child to a man. Now, the only modern similarity that I could come up with was a few years back, uh, Miss Maribel Castaneda came up to me and said, Brother Andrew, will you emcee my daughter's quinceanera? And I said, you said about three things there. I don't know what they are, but I'd be glad to. And as I I began to get involved with it, and I was kind of... Let me just say, if anybody ever asks you to to emcee a Spanish family's uh, uh, quinceanera, learn the names beforehand. (laughs) Roberto Aguilegorocotzinta. And uh, they made fun of me tonight for saying her uncle's name wrong. I said, if I only said your uncle's name wrong, I did pretty awesome. (laughs) But at this quinceanera, what it was, it was a celebration. Once Vanessa, and this is uh, in Latin culture, uh, uh, widely uh, done, once Vanessa reached 15 years of age, they held a celebration to show the graduation of Vanessa from a young girl to a young woman. This celebration that would occur in Rome was the exact same way. In fact, what would happen is they would invite the relatives, the people from around the town, and they would say, come to my son's celebration. But at this celebration, something unique occurred. The father gave his son a ring. Now, you say, well, that seems odd for a man to be giving another man jewelry. I wholeheartedly agree with you. But what this ring signified is so powerful. As this father placed the ring on his son's hand, it meant now that the son had the same authority and rights to his father's inheritance that his father had. 
He would place the ring on the son's hand and it was to say, you now are a man and you can enjoy the benefits of all that I've done. What the Bible is saying here in verse number 1 and verse number 2 is, the law was to us our overseer. In fact, the Bible says it was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. It oversaw us and it restricted us and it held us down. But what Christ did is He gave us power from the law and He placed upon our hand a ring that said, I now have the power to enjoy the benefits of all that Christ has done for me and all that God has for me. That's a wonderful truth. We don't have to be restricted And one of the reasons so few people come into Christianity and stick is because from the moment they're brought in, they're taught rule, 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 rule. Don't do this, do this. Don't do this, do this. This is how you look like Jesus. This is how you don't look like Jesus. And that is a form of legalism. And it is putting... Yokes of bondage upon people which they will never be able to satisfy. It is the old system of the law. And Christ said, don't place that on yourself and don't place that on others. Live in freedom and liberty under the grace by which you are saved. That's what Jesus says. He gave us power. You see, there's the person of the gift, the product of the gift. Finally, I want you to see this. And if it hasn't gotten good already, hopefully it'll get good right here. There's the promise of the gift. Verse number 5, I want you to see our new position. Our new position. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We're adopted by our Heavenly Father. But we are adopted by birth. You see, we are born again. Jesus even taught that concept to Nicodemus, did He not? He said, a man cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven unless he be born again. The concept blew Nicodemus' mind. But we are born into God's family by adoption. And this is not like the adoption that we have today. You see, the adoption that we have today, parents go into a home They are introduced to the child. They discuss it. They think about it. Then they choose that child. That is not at all the concept. The concept of this is to place as an adult son at the the commencement of it. You see, there's a big difference between an adult son and an infant son when it comes to this teaching. An infant son is restricted uh, from enjoying the benefits of all that the father has to offer. But the moment you were adopted into God's family, you were placed as an adult son. Oh, sure, we were infants desiring the sincere milk of the Word. So uh, by practical concepts, we were, we were uh, maybe immature. But by all technical concepts, we were placed into God's family as an adult, ready to enjoy all that the Father has to offer. The Bible tells us that we can enjoy the riches of His grace. The Bible tells us that we can enjoy the riches of His glory. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you blessings. The Bible tells us that we can enjoy the riches of His goodness. Even from the first day of your salvation, God opened up to you all that He had to offer. That's amazing. 
There are no levels of achievement, no status that you have to earn. God is good to every man at all times. The promise of a gift, a new position. Secondly, a new perspective. The Bible says in verse number 6, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth His Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We have a rapport with the Father that the servant simply does not have. The term Abba Father is actually rather heated in Christian circles. It's very debated. You see, the term Abba Father is uh, originally, the word Abba is exactly how it was written in the original text. They chose not to translate it. Abba in Aramaic means Father. So what you have here in the Bible is a literal translation would say, Father, Father. But as they used it in prayer, over time it took on an entirely different meaning than just Father. It became a sincere term of endearment and intimacy. And it is said that the translators of the King James Version held God's name in such high regard that they did not feel comfortable translating this term for fear that it would show too much intimacy with God. Now, we don't have an English equivalent. It simply is not there. But if someone were to suggest something that is very close, it would be this. Daddy. Not dad. Not father. Certainly not master. Daddy. Jesus Christ used this word one time in His entire ministry. It's in the book of Mark when He is crying and pleading and bearing His heart before God and He says, Father, if it be Thy will, let this cup pass from Me. But nevertheless, not My will, but Thy will be done. And He uses the word, Abba, Father, to greet God. In Jesus' most emotional most intimate, most passionate prayer in all of His ministry, He didn't use Father. He used Abba, Father. You see, we have a rapport with a Father that a servant never could have. A servant comes to God as Master, as one who is the boss. But friend, you come to God as one who is endeared by Him. One who is loved beyond all doubt. One who is loved beyond all reasonable measure. That is the level of which our God loves you. And we ought to thank Him for it. A new position. A new perspective. Finally, I want you to see this. A new prospect. Verse number 7. The Bible says, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son. And if that's not good enough, being moved from a position of subjugation to a position of relation is not acceptable to you. The verse goes on to say this, And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. 
as if our relation was not enough, we now have a reward of an inheritance. An inheritance of God through Christ Jesus. You see, the servant doesn't have a reward. You do, because you're a son. We have the reward of His presence in our life. We have the reward of His power in our life. We have the reward of knowing there is a plan for our life. The, the reward of God's inheritance is remarkable. We are so blessed to have a Father that we can go to passionately, emphatically, and personally knowing that He's got it all taken care of. We, we are, of all people, most blessed. You see, I don't consider myself a good gift giver. I'm sim similar to my dad in the fact that I wait way too late to actually be good at it. Oh. Gift cards are nice, though, I will be honest. <laughs> I like them every year. <laughs> the bus that just ran over him. Okay. You see, I, I, I'm not a good gift giver. I try thinking about it. I try planning it out. But usually I just go up to the person. The other day I went up to Amy and I said, Amy, what do you want? Just tell me what you want. This would be far easier. Why are you making me guess at this thing? I'm not a good gift giver. And I tell you who is. God. And every gift I've ever received and every gift I've ever given has an expiration date. Some of my favorite gifts over the years, the Nintendo 64, I'll never forget it. It was, blew my mind for years. It doesn't work anymore. You know, I remember getting my first gun for Christmas. Now it's over at my dad's house. It's too small for me if I were to shoot it. You see, every gift that's ever been given has an expiration date. And the benefits we cannot continue to enjoy. But with God's gift, it does keep giving. Amen. Keeps giving Him blessings and benefits far more than we could ever even begin to understand. I believe it's time we appreciate God for sending His Son and all that that means for us.